Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the Green Tea Show with a Japanese Twist. And now your host, Ricardo Caicedo. Hello everyone, this is my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, episode number three. Uh, for today, our guest is Tiffany Williams. She's the owner of Boutique Teas. Hello Tiffany, how, how are you doing today? I'm fine, how are you? Uh, good. I, I saw you, I'm looking at your online store right now, Boutique Teas. Is everything organic? Um, I try to make everything organic, but sometimes it's a little hard. So I try to put all my organic teas online. Yes. So is, most of them are organic, right? Yeah, like 90% of them are organic. Okay. And tell me, when did you, when did you start the Boutique Teas and, and why? Well, I started Boutique Teas a few years ago. Because I was, uh, I lived in Japan for a year and I got a little spoiled because they only import the best quality teas. <laughs> and when I got mm -hmm. home to the LA area, like we didn't have that. So that's what I was looking for. So I went to the World Tea Expo in Las Vegas and I found like the, a new world of tea. So I've been researching and tasting for the last couple of years. What was your first experience with tea in Japan? My first experience with tea in Japan was I, meet, I went to meet a friend in Shinjuku and we were at the top of a building in this tea shop and everything was modern decor. So everything's white, like white couches, white tables. And it was only like tea and you talk to someone and they gave me the tea menu and I couldn't recognize any of the teas on it. So <laughs> I randomly picked the Darjeeling first flush. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah, it, it was a good choice. I was spoiled ever since. And then I figured out how much it was, and I don't drink it that often. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was really good. And then after that, um, in Japan, they have this, like, a dollar store called Hakuen Shop. And I got, like, a little teapot with an infuser, so I was able to have tea at in my teeny tiny apartment every night after I uh, came home, I would have black tea at home, and then at work, I worked in schools, uh, the office lady would always make me green tea. So you, you were like um, like in the JET program, like teaching English? No, I had this grand idea that I wanted to work for a Japanese company in Japan. So I worked for an actual like education company where, um, so they have cram schools in Japan where Students get lessons after school, so I would teach students English after school. And because their pronunciation is so different from English, they want people who are um, native speakers so they can imitate our accent. I lived in, in Japan for a year or two, but I was just like studying Japanese. Oh, where did you live? In Chiba. It's oh. like an hour from Tokyo. Oh, I've been to Chiba. That's where the airport is. Yeah. And Uh, Narita went, Airport is in Chiba. Yeah, and I went to the um, aquarium in Chiba. Really? I, I, I think I, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a big Ferris wheel. Because um, I lived actually on the other side of Tokyo near uh, Yokohama in the Kanagawa. I don't know if you got that far. Yeah, I, I traveled a lot. Yeah, I like, I didn't get to, I only been to Tokyo Station twice. Because it was too far away from where I lived. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've been to Chiba. Mm, so then, you, you live in Las Vegas or you just travel there for the expo? I just travel there for the expo. I live in the Los Angeles area in California. Okay. And, and your online store, 
does it have a physical location too or, or is it just uh, online? Um, it's just online, but in the LA area, we have an annual Tea Lovers Festival that I've been lecturing at for the last three years. And I just started a lecture series uh, near my house at a Buddhism shop where I teach about tea culture and do tea tastings. Because I realized in America, Americans haven't tasted really good tea in ever. So <laughs> they've never tasted it. So it's been so much tea bags and black tea. And then they don't even know what tea is. So when I started my business, I quickly realized I need to do a lot of education. So I started doing some blogging for teaching.com. And on my website, I don't know if you saw my blog, I do some blog posts. And I actually started off with Japanese tea history. So I know a lot about that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bought every book I can find on that. And um, I've actually participated in a tea, a Japanese tea ceremony. Have you done that? I've seen it, but, but I haven't really participated like in not in the in the real place but like at school at the Japanese school so oh. I think it's it's not the same right I we had a group of college students when I was in college because I took Japanese in college which was hard because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went in and I only knew like sayonara and konnichiwa which is not the best way to go and learn Japanese Everyone else has, like, had five years of anime under their belt, so it was easy for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they came, and they were they traveled the world performing um, Japanese tea ceremony in order to promote peace. So I got to participate in, like, a shortened Japanese ceremony the first time I had matcha. And uh, do you like matcha? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I like it when I, when I was in Japan. I drank, I drank it more. And I drank it when I went to old temple towns like Kamakura or Nikko. Did you get to yeah. visit those places? Yeah, it's it's famous for the yeah for the temples. Yes, the old. Uh, well, Kamakura has a Daibutsu, the largest outside one, the Buddha. Yeah, he's sitting down, right? Yes, and then Nikko has the um, temples that are inspired by like the French Louis the Fourteenth or Sixteenth, but it has colors on the temples, which is very rare. That's where the three monkeys are, right? Yes. Like the, covering his eyes, see, and the other one, the ears, and the other one, its mouth. Yeah, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yeah, that's what you say. Did you get to visit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I did a lot of tourism on, on the weekends when, when I wasn't studying. Yeah, that was, uh, Nico was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> You have all kinds of tea at your store. Which ones are like the best-selling teas? Actually, usually Sencha is one of my best-selling teas because it's so... Um, I use a higher quality Sencha for the Uji. And the yeah. reason why I named it Uji, did you get to go to Uji near Kyoto? Yeah, I, I, I was there, but only a day. But what? O only for a day. Oh, okay. I never... I, I've been to Kyoto like three times. But I didn't get to go to Uji. I didn't realize the significance of Uji, which is a district right outside of uh, Kyoto City, was that was the beginning of tea in Japan um, in the 800s when the monks came back, the Japanese monks came back from China with some tea cuttings and some knowledge about how to grow and manufacture the powdered tea because that's the way the J Chinese were drinking tea at the time. 
um, that's where they planted it in the Uji district. That was one of the first tea plantations in Japan. Yeah, it's famous for, for matcha and also for gyokuro, I think. Yes, because it's some of the oldest plants in the country. So um, I, that's why I call it Uji because it has a very smooth, it's not overly grassy. It, it's kind of it's like gyokuro. It's very smooth. And I will send you some samples. I haven't finished blending it, blending it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Thank to you. use a lot of the dark leaves that were semi-shaded because it has a much sweeter taste in it. I never thought like the essential would be the most uh, salty because usually people go for the, I don't know, maybe for the Chinese ones or, or the flavored ones. Well, so I'm I'm happy that that you're. <laughs> The flavored You're actually ones, selling a lot of scent. The other, one of my other bestsellers is the Paradise Jasmine. That one is flavored. But I don't really like flavored teas. Like, Americans wear me down and I carry some. But I'm trying to move more towards single origin teas because I feel they taste the best. Um, yeah. Personally. And so, so that, I just that's have to find you're... more people <laughs> that like it too. <laughs> That's one of the of your goals, like when you do your tea tastings, and yeah, like people yeah. maybe they're used to like fruit flavors and all that. It's part of the American culture, maybe. Yeah, I try to uh, surprise them. Like one of my teas is the Clouds and Mist. I don't know if that's up there, but that it. Have you had that one before? No, but but I'm watching it right now. It it's the last green tea in the in the green tea page. So the clouds of mist is from China, and it doesn't taste grassy or nutty. It has a lot of sweet, fruity notes to it. So I try to get teas that don't taste like you would think it would taste like. It's amazing the variety of flavor profiles just in the Chinese teas alone, <laughs> the way that they make it that I've been studying and drinking. So I try, and also with Darjeeling's, those are have more fruity notes too. So if someone likes fruity, I try to find a single origin tea that would have the notes that they like. Yeah, that's interesting. And and also, um, yeah, people have this this notion that they, they try one green tea and they didn't like it and they think that all the green teas taste the same. Yeah, I've had to coax some people into <laughs> trying. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing I realized is, well, first, Americans didn't know what real tea was. I'd ask them, what's your favorite tea? And they'd tell me chamomile. And I'd explain that that wasn't real tea. Then I realized they didn't know how to brew it. <laughs> so part of my workshops is showing them how to brew it. And when I've done, like, big workshops, like, the biggest one I did was for, like, 25 people. Everyone was like, you brew your tea so well. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't overbrew it. So... Well, that's and how many how many times a month do you do the workshop? Well, I started last uh, November doing it more consistently. Like I have four lectures planned this month and last month and stuff. So three to four times a month. Well, it, it's pretty continuous. Well, yeah, and I try to do uh, different themes. Um, this since it's spring and debuting like green tea. So this Saturday we'll do a spring green tea tasting with three or four green teas from um, China and Japan. And then, have you heard of the Sencha tea ceremony? Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen it. Um, I got to see it at the World Tea Expo. It's kind of cool. I didn't get to participate, I just had to watch. Um, so I'll be 
explaining that. I won't, I'll be performing it to the best of my knowledge, but I'm not trained. So we'll just be educating people about that. Um, well, let, let's see another, another type of tea besides green. Like which, one, which kind of tea do you like? Oh, I like all kinds of good tea. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to um, say. Uh, depends on what kind of mood I'm in. So you normally drink like a, a large variety of teas? Like one day you'll try a black one and next... Or do you have kind of these like mornings I do green and after lunch I'll have this? Is there any anything like you've got set up or...? No, there's no real rhyme or reason on when I drink my tea. I try to drink a lot of green tea or oolong tea when I have to do like work because I do a lot of writing and researching. So when I have to sit at my computer, that's what I like to drink. Um, when I go out, it's hard to drink tea <laughs> in restaurants, uh, mm. but uh, I'll drink like black tea. Usually it's an Earl Grey um, that I know that's okay <laughs> um yeah and, so, and you do absolutely no tea bags i try not to in my house <laughs> i don't have any tea bags when i go out i don't have too much of a choice <laughs> but i found that a lot of tea bags taste stale especially since my teas are directly imported they taste much fresher and more flavorful And then when I get like tea bags, even though now they have these whole leaf tea bags, they still taste a little stale to me, too old personally. And when you sell online, which state buys the most? Um, California? It's all over like New York and California. Because there's a lot of Asian culture in California, right? Yes, we do have a big Asian community all over Asia, yes. And tell us about the, the the tea magazine. Well, I'm trying. I'm developing an online tea magazine, and I've just started it actually. So I'm thinking it'll be a quarterly magazine by the season, and I'll have articles about the teas with an option to get the teas like in a tasting box, and also have. I want to incorporate um, tea drinkers' experiences, so essays by people who love tea and when they drink it and things like that, but still in development. And all, all you have to do is sign up and, and you get it by email? Is that how it works? Well, that's something I'm trying to iron out if I'm going to do, if the online version's free and then the print version has costs a certain amount, or if I'm going to charge a small fee for the online version and um, a different fee for the print version. Oh, well, something else I was going to ask. Oh, mm, teaware. But but there's no Kyuzu, right? No, I haven't found a supplier that does that. I didn't, even in Japan, I didn't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to figure out how to use it. So you normally you're more like a modern tea brewer, right? Yeah. You use. I went, I went to Sri Lanka uh, a couple years, like a year and a half ago in 2011, so a little over a year ago. I guess it's two years this month. And um, you, did you know that they make porcelain in Sri Lanka? Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I discovered that when I landed. 
and there's a famous Sri Lankan uh, porcelain maker called Malesna. And as they were part of our trip, because I went with a tour, so they gave us a gift of their porcelain teacup with an infuser that fits in it with a cap. So I've been brewing a lot of tea in that. Mm, I see. And you went to Sri Lanka for the black tea? Yeah, that's all they had there. I tried desperately to find other tea, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I went on a tea tour. I think I visited like five tea gardens. I can tell you how to make black tea in my sleep. And then um, it was interesting because they only drink BOP, which is broken orange peco-sized leaf, and the American market and the Western market like OP, which is orange peco, which is a size of a leaf, which is a bigger size of a leaf. It's less bitter. Yeah. So I went with a tea company. So... I, I kind of, I, I had to ask our host, I'm like, do you have any other tea besides black tea? Because I didn't bring <laughs> any tea with me because, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to the tea place. But uh, I need some oolong and some, like, green to lighten up the mood because <laughs> I had to put this lovely whole unpasteurized milk in my tea. And it was very filling. Mm. And right now, are, are you selling a tea from... From Sri Lanka? I do not have any tea from Sri Lanka. (laughs) Sometimes I do sell it, but it's hard to... um, I used to sell one that was very floral. Uh, That one was nice. Uh, But yeah, I don't sell too much black tea in general. And how how about the... um, Tell me about the oolong. Like You seem to like oolong a lot. I do like oolong. Um... I like all oolongs. I haven't found an oolong that I don't like. <laughs> um, one of my favorites is I love Taiwanese oolongs because they're very floral, and the more you brew them, then they kind of turn a little fruity. So the flavor profile changes the more you brew them, which I like. And then I like the Taiwanians because it's fruity off the bat. Um, and I've also been delving into the stories of a lot of these teas, especially with, like, every tea in China has this special story that's steeped in history, which is kind of fun, um, of how they got their names. Huh? Yeah, it is fun to hear, like, and not only the the real story, but, like, the, I don't know, like, the the mythical story. Yeah. It's also fun to read. Yeah, it's also fun to read. And then when I was studying like Japanese history, I, I did study Japanese for two years. And then I um, studied a little bit when I was in Japan. I found it hard for people to speak to me in Japanese because they wanted to speak English and stuff. But <laughs> to I practice. Did, yeah, so I did study a lot of grammar and stuff and the origins of words. So I, I know how to read a fair bit and I can understand a fair bit. Just don't ask me to speak that much. Uh, <laughs> did you, were you able to practice speaking when you were there? Yeah, when I went there, I had already taken like maybe like three years of Japanese. Okay. And, and when someone asked me like, where are you from? When I said Colombia, like they wouldn't try to speak Spanish, you know, because... So I had to do Japanese all the way. Oh, you're good. I wasn't that good. I crumbled under the pressure. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, we can speak English. 
<laughs> and th there's something like people don't really know, but they drink a lot of oolong tea in Japan. Th that's where I first uh, tried it. Oh, maybe in Chiba. <laughs> I... No, they, they, there's even bottled oolong. Yeah, I didn't like that. That doesn't taste like real oolong. Yeah, it's not the same, but but it's like significant. If you go to a lot of places in U.S. for oolong tea in Japan, they, they'll probably have it. Well, not the bottled version, but yeah, they, they really like oolong besides green tea. Right, I guess that's true. I didn't. I don't count the the flavored teas, uh, the bottled teas, because I was so excited. I like green tea, and when I went there, you know, they drink green tea in the bottle like it's water. Which yeah. water was hard to get in Japan. That was something I had to fight for. But um, I couldn't drink the bottled green tea because the citric acid didn't agree with my palate. So I couldn't even swallow it. I was so disappointed. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I developed a taste for sports drinks in the summer. But um, yeah, so I, I forgot about oolong. Did you ever have the oolong high drink? I don't remember. There's one in a black bottle. That's like the right. one I I always saw. And but when I ordered it at a at a restaurant or something, mm -hmm. I didn't know what brand was it. Oh, they just yeah. say udon cha. That's it. Like udon tea and okay. I know. I never ordered it in a restaurant. I've ordered it in tea room. But um, oolong high is a. Uh, I don't know if you hung out in bars. Oh, I see. I, I, I remember now. Those highs are is like a kind of beer, right? No, like it, it has, has sochu. It has sochu in it. Yeah, there's like some kind of vodka. Uh, yeah, it was like the Japanese vodka. No, sorry, the Korean vodka. Made, yeah. made from... I don't remember what it was made from, but yeah. Right. So it, it's pronounced sim similarly in, in Korea, I think. It's we, uh, The Japanese call it sochu... The Koreans call it like soju. Like there's a slight difference in the pronunciation. Because when I went to Korea, um, I learned the real pronunciation of it, and um, <laughs> I drank too much. But <laughs> because you can't taste it, it just tastes like the oolong tea, which is I think the bottled tea anyway. Uh, but it will catch up to you if you drink too much. Uh, so that would be my main experience with oolong in uh, Japan is mixing it with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a it's a valid point. Like as as long as you like it yeah. you like tea, it doesn't matter how you drink. Yeah, that that's the only time I put alcohol in tea. I never did it with green tea. Um, until I got home I started making like green tea teenies and stuff, um, with vodka and gin. Yeah, I find some soju. But yeah, those are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and if I buy a, a a tea from from your store, how does it come? What's the packaging? It comes in a tin. In a tin. Oh, okay. you know, it used to come in clear bags, but now they come in tins. I always try to find something that's resealable, so that it keeps. And it's, in and the it's also recyclable, right? Yes, it's but it's um, environmentally friendly. And say recycle, it'll it'll disappear in the ground eventually. Um, that's something I learned about in Japan was recycling in trash, because 
<laughs> I never take out the trash so much in my life. <laughs> and they're really strict. If, if you don't do like in the right, um, if you don't recycle and it, it, it's not in the right bag color or something or the sticker, yeah. then they don't pick it up. Yeah, I, I, I learned about burnables and unburnables and... In Tokyo, it was hard to find a trash can when you're walking around. Like, I had to figure out where the trash cans were, where bathrooms were, where benches were. <laughs> <laughs> the three scarcest things in the town. And how many how many sizes are there? Two? Typically, there's three. It's four ounces, eight ounces, and a pound. And the sample is also 18? Yes, it's in a much smaller 10, just for, like tasting because i realized that americans don't know like a lot of my customers don't know what the tea tastes like because i asked them what kind of tea they like oh i like green tea and like from china or japan they're like i don't know i just get the one from Trader joe's so <laughs> <laughs> i have to <laughs> i found that i had to educate them on where their tea comes from what it's called and what it tastes like so so it's, it's good to have the samples yeah so that they can um experiment with that and then it's it's fun to have the tastings because i get more like questions and people are more engaging with the product so your 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 main uh like marketing efforts is through the tea tastings yeah that's my main marketing efforts i mean the first couple years of my business was a lot of research and trial and error to see and putting myself out there in different tea situations because I've attended like tea bus tours around San Francisco and Los Angeles. I've done the tea adventure in Sri Lanka. I've done the tea festival and I've done like a lot of, I've gone to the World Tea Expo. I've gone through New Business Boot Camp just to get in front of people who like tea and why do they like tea and how do they like their tea. And that has been very, that has been very much an uphill battle is finding people who drink tea and want to talk about their tea <laughs> and open to trying new tea because some people are just like I don't like any kind of tea and I'm like okay you haven't tried my tea um, and I've gotten lots of positive feedback on my tea they said they didn't know tea can taste so good um, they find my tea tastes very clean and clear flavors it's not muddled it's not bitter it, it's a whole new tea experience for them so once I get them like to taste my tea, they become very hooked. I have one customer who loves my 20-year Puer tea. He says he drinks it every morning. He's addicted. <laughs> it helps him wake up. And that's all the tea he drinks all day because it's pretty intense. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've ever had Puer tea. Yeah, I like from the Chinese teas, I like Oolong and Puer. Okay. Yeah, and then another one of my customers loved green tea. That's why I sold so much Sintra. She'd buy it by the pound. So, um, and then some people buy my tea and they don't drink it because they feel that it's so good that special. they. Yeah, it's for only for special occasions. I'm like, every day is a special occasion. <laughs> but they like to bring it out when they have company over to impress their company with my tea. The tea. <laughs> And what what made you start the online store? Like, what made you think, uh, I'm going to do this and it's going to sell a lot of tea? Um, 
Well, because you can always sit and plan stuff and never do anything. So I needed to do something and be kind of accountable to other people or else I'd still be planning things. Yeah, people like to plan and keep planning. Yeah, you plan and you plan. It looks really good on paper, but you never actually do it. So um, <laughs> having like setting up my stores really and my website and my blog and all of that has led me to wanting to do a publication to educate more people about tea to hopefully spread my message a little further. And I want to do a lot of cool photography with tea too. So that's another thing I'm working on different aesthetics of tea um, and different perspectives of tea and how to, how to like brew tea that doesn't take so long. I don't think it takes a long time to do brew tea, but others like, I don't have time to brew tea. Um, with loose leaf tea and like it really doesn't take that long like when I worked I um, where I live it's we're really big on commuting like I'd have to take a train for an hour to my old job and I'd always show up to the train station with my coffee in hand because I drink coffee and tea I drink coffee in the morning and like tea the rest of the day and one of my train mates was like how did you find time to make coffee I said, how do you find time not to make coffee? Like, I have to get on a train for an hour. <laughs> I need something <laughs> to do. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I just kind of built it into my day. And when I was at work after lunch, I'd always have some tea. Um, so I kind of built it in my day. And I have a kettle that boils water in about three minutes. So it doesn't take so long. So if you really want to do it, you can, I guess. Yeah, and it's not rocket science to brew tea. Apparently, it does take a little bit of intelligence. And you have to <laughs> put the leaves in first and then put the hot water over it. And I noticed from watching a lot of Japanese, presen Chinese presentations, because I also went to Hong Kong and I did a bunch of tea tasting. Um, they always, uh, when they pour their tea, they pour it in a circular manner to kind of get all of the leaves wet and immersed under the water. Did you ever notice that? Yeah. Yeah, so that really helps with brewing tea. And rinsing. There's pros and cons on rinsing um, tea before you brew it. Um, and the amount of tea that you put in. I apparently make very weak tea. But <laughs> I don't really like my tea that strong. Chinese teas are very strong. And about the, the gift sets, which one sells the best? The exotic tea flower one sells the best. I think it's the prettiest picture. <laughs> it's like white tea with jasmine and blueberry and peach. Um, so also I'm trying to market it to more people who drink single origin tea. The the gift set is like more than one tea in the same like in the same shipment or what 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 does um, the tea gift mean? Well, there's there's. One main one, and then there's an exotic tea. The exotic tea flower one, you get a glass infuser, so you can actually see the tea open up into the flower. Like it's called a display tea, mm. and they are hand stitched and scented. And then the other ones have it's a stack pen, and it has three different types of tea in it, depending on like the type. Like the Japanese one, I think has a Japanese blend, sencha and genmaicha. Don't quote me. Um, then 
yeah, so each of them has a theme. There's a Chinese one that has three very lovely green Chinese teas. Then there's an oolong one, which is three different types of oolong. So you can kind of get three different types of the same leaf to see how well, how different they are, even though they're kind of made by the same process. So it, it's almost like if you get different samples, and but it's like a more special yeah, yeah a, gift, a gift. Yeah, if you know someone who loves oolong, then maybe you want to give them three different types of oolong. And okay. they, then they get to know the name of the oolong that they like. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that, way they, that way they know what to order. Yes. <laughs> like naming things has been a challenge. Do I name it and it's Chinese name or Japanese name or by an English name? It, like, but the Chinese translations are a little weird. Like Taekwon Yen is Iron Goddess of Mercy. Um, da Hong Pao is uh, Big Red Robe. I mean, <laughs> 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 Wang Ching is Dragonwell. Chunmi, uh, I think, is eyebrows. <laughs> so. Yeah, but the the, the Japanese the, they aren't translated any longer. It, they just say yeah, like uh, genmaicha. They're not gonna say roasted rice tea. Yeah, that might. It, it yeah. only happens with the Chinese mostly, right? That they. Right. Oh, and we haven't talked about. The actual address. Can you give us the the address of your online store, the domain name? The domain, the boutique teas. Yeah, www.boutiquetees.com. And how about the the social media? Do you have Facebook and Twitter? Yes, I have uh, Facebook. It's just slash boutique teas. www.facebook.com slash boutique teas. www.twitter.com slash boutique teas. And I have a Google Plus. If you search Boutique Teas, you can find the page. I'm also active on the Tea Lovers group community on Google Plus. You're in that, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm there. It's interesting to see what people drink every day. <laughs> Yours is always the same, though. <laughs> yeah, always green tea. Yeah, always sincha. Um did you get to visit any tea plantations in Japan? I saw them, but it's it's not like a tour, you know. I I didn't really get inside, and I didn't. Yeah, I just saw the plantations, but you, not really hands-on experience. Did you get to climb Mount Fuji? And uh, no, I didn't get to. When I was around, it, it was like way too cold. Ah. But I I went to the to the Fuji Q Highland the. Like there's a theme park right next to Mount Fuji. That's what I, I didn't did. know that. <laughs> yeah. I went to um, San Rio Land. You know, like Hello Kitty in Kurupi. <laughs> yeah. Like it was a drinking party. It was very weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> drinking with Hello Kitty. Yeah, Hello Kitty didn't come to our party. I don't think we paid enough, but we had other characters there. Um. It was for work. Um, I was like, there's a Sanrio line? Wow, that's uh, that's different. And I got my first um, charm for my, first and only charm for my cell phone. So. <laughs> well, okay, Tiffany, I think it's it's almost time. So um, okay. just like one, one last question. 
uh, well, you didn't tell me before, but like if, if you were gonna last day on earth and well, what tea would you have? What's your one of the you only have one? <laughs> yeah, like what's your favorite tea? It's kind of like the same question, but in a hurry. Oh, in a hurry. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I'd like to have some sencha, like a very fine quality, like a, a shincha. Good. So you're, so you're a green tea lover too. Well, when you have to drink it every day for a year, kind of, because they'd always like in you know in Japan, if they offer you something, you can't say no. So <laughs> they always offer me green tea at work, like every day, all day. So that's all I really drank. And then when I went out to a tea room, I would have black tea or English tea, milk tea. That's what they call it. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed the winter when they had hot uh, tea in the um, tens, in the cans, in the convenience store, and in the vending machines. That was like the best thing ever. I want to okay, go back to Japan now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So th thanks for the interview. It was really interesting, and we got to talk about Japan a lot. Yeah. Um, I wish you the best with your with your store, and I hope to review one of your teas soon. Okay, I will be sending them soon. <laughs> okay. So, goodbye. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my Japanese Green Tea podcast at www.myjapanesegreentea.com